Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I'm so excited to have on a 32-year-old from Cardiff, Wales, a staple and legend with the Mandy Flyers. His cycling journey has taken him to Wales, England, Scotland, Germany, Belgium, Italy, Switzerland, the Netherlands, India, Australia, Austria, Croatia, China, Denmark, Luxembourg, Norway, Spain, Oman, Poland, Qatar, the USA, Canada, United Arab Emirates, Portugal, and... He is the third Welshman to compete in the Tour de France, won the Madison National Track Championship at least three times, 2012, won his first pro championship after joining Team Sky, winning the opening stage of the Tour of Britain, made his Grand Tour debut in 2013 in the Vuelta a España, (laughs) and he is still running amok with Team Ineos Grenadiers. And fun fact, he is also a big fan of the Shed's second favorite team, the Cardiff Devils. Welcome to the Shed, Luke Rowe. <laughs> wow, that was impressive, man. Well, you, you, you got a bit of the... You, you pretty much nailed that, eh? You've done your research. Well, the research team got hot, and I was just going to say, really challenging myself as a research team and podcaster today. You know, we're getting into a new sport. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pushing the boundaries. Thanks for thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Um, I guess I get into how we know each other. We've never spoke before, right? <laughs> so no, nice. I've, to only ever, <laughs> I've only ever seen you on the ice. Um, so you were you were watching when I was there. I saw the picture of you on the ice for your poster. Was that with Deeds? Was he the guy on the ice with you? Yeah, that was way back. That was um, yeah. A couple, me and one of my cycling buddies went for uh, a game and he was, he, he was actually, it was, this was 2012 and he was just became Olympic champion off on the track cycling. This other guy, not me. An Olympic champion. Like he won a gold medal. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and he, was at um, our, he was at a devil's game, a gold medal. Yeah, that was the guy who was, it was me deeds and another guy. So he was the, he was the big dog. So we had to present an award. So I kind of got a, uh, pulled in as a bit of a bit of a scapegoat. I guess they were running short of people. So um, yeah, presenting the war. I think he was man of the match deeds. Wow. He's a, he's, he's a, a, mad he's bastard, a shed eh? guy. He's been on twice now. And uh, I got, he's, <laughs> he sent me quite the video. I got, I haven't posted it yet. I'm a little busy, but he got in a scrap. I to this one. He got I in a scrap just during warmups last week. Just, just fighting like crazy during warmups. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> um, and you sent a picture of you with a Luke Piggott jersey. A eh? big Pigsy fan then, episode one. Yeah, Pigsy's one of the I don't know so many of the guys. I speak to a couple of the guys. Um, and Pigsy was one of them. So he he started cycling so a little while back. Well, when I say cycling, he'd ride he'd ride down the Panath front there. 
And, yeah, um, I don't recall so I sorted him out being a, load a cyclist. cyclist. <laughs> yeah, like full lycra wanker. Um, <laughs> so I gave him some cycling kit and he gave me a load of devil's hockey swag. So happy people days. helping people. Nice. That's it. You scratch like my that. back, I'll scratch yours. So you you were so how often do you see games then? Because looking at the re, when the research team got hot, man, you got a busy life and you were all over the world. Yeah, when you started running through them countries, there it kind of kind of <laughs> hits home. Um, now, honestly, less and less. The, the, this like my calendar is so busy, but it's yeah. a case of if I'm at home in Cardiff and there's a game on, I'm mm-hmm. there. Like the second I say I'm home for a week. I, I look at the calendar, the, the fixtures like a month ahead, and I'm like, Saturday, I'm going to the game. That's the priority of the week. But less and less, there was times where I'd go, you know, yeah, every weekend pretty much. But uh, less and less. But I, I, I watch pretty much all the games on the, on the, what's it called, on a live stream or whatever. So did you watch the Challenge Cup final? Because what a mess. I had, so I had my whole team, well, not my, I, we had a three on three during March break here. So they wore yeah. my two ales and hockey tails jerseys and we went in a tournament. The boys played awesome. And then we raced back here to watch the challenge cup. And then they had like new rules that you can only stream it in the UK. Did you get it? I did get it. Um, How? What'd you do? I had the IT what... team come over and even get me this VPN that says I was in the UK and it still went freaking connect, man. I was losing my mind. That's what I did. VPN. I was in, uh, I was in France. So I managed to watch the whole game. Uh, Shut your filthy mouth. Yeah. So you missed the whole game. You had nothing. The, the, I had everybody over. I had hot dogs to cook on my Cardiff devils fire pit thing. And um, I had the whole team over. Well, the boys still had a blast. They played manhunt. They played, they played UK football. They played North American football. They had a great day, but yeah, didn't go according to plan, but you know what? You know, what was weird to me. Obviously, I'm following the score. I literally tried for two hours. Like I tried from well before the game had started. It was the end of the second period when I finally gave up and I'm like, it's not going to work. My IT guy came over. It's not going to work. When I decided to give up trying to make it work, it was two nothing devils. Yeah. So I'm sorry, guys. If it was on me for giving up trying to get it to work. I'm sorry, but I know you're playing we'd with four D. We'd, we'd have won two now. And I think it's on me, and I felt bad, because right after I stopped, I gave up that like it wasn't going to work was when things changed, and I'm sorry. Oh, guys. it was it was a hell of a game, but... Uh, it sounded like it. I just... There was, a, there was a point after... I think it was after, like, 45 minutes, so, like, 15 minutes to go in the third, and, like, there was a stop in play. It zoomed out, and it showed the two benches. And one thing I noticed, all the Belfast players were stood up. And then it looked at the Devils bench, They're and like silly. half the Devils bench was sat down. And obviously we were short bench with 4D. And then I thought, then it hit home, you know, when you've seen one bench stood up and one bench sat down, like nothing against. Well, and when you're them, playing with you're 4D bench, and when you're playing with 4D and the other yeah. team's coming and coming and then... That's ah, tough, man. I mean, they had sat, every from what I heard, it sounded like they battled their ass off and played a great final game. But shout out to Belfast for winning. Way to go, you punks! Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They played. They played good. And with, yeah. like you say, with them four D. I mean, Batchy and and Lewis were fucking weapons. They were right. brilliant. It was uh, and the horse register. Yeah, Richie. Richie. Like that, they got a hell of a decor. Even with just with four guys, man, I'd put my money on those four any day. 
Um, yeah, right. But uh, so I got a new idea. I just let the wife know my new idea. <laughs> um, so we're raising money for Max and Baloney, who's fighting cancer right now um, in Cardiff, right in the UK. And we're raffling off this jersey that I'm wearing right now um, that the kids just wore in their tournament. So it is actually a game worn jersey now, folks. But that ends tomorrow. Um, and then we'll send the jersey wherever whoever wins it and uh, send the money to Maxon so he can decorate his room. But then after that, I'm going to get my whole under 11 team to sign a Jersey and I'm going to start saving money to bring the Waltons to Cardiff. Right. Ah, you coming again. I think I'll pay for this trip by raffling off jerseys. But this, this Jersey, you said that you're, auctioning uh no raffle tickets you said yeah so it's on my website aleshockeytails.com folks i have a website from talking to people in my shed um thanks sean collins in the uk for doing that for me so there's raffle tickets on my website aleshockeytails.com so right now we've sold 165 tickets for max and maloney at two pounds a piece so he's gonna get to decorate the shit out of his room (laughs) oh I'll, i'll get in on the action Please do. Everybody, please do. We're trying to give Max in a shed boost because he's got a lot of battling to do to get out of there. Um, so we're trying to raise the spirits and show them how much everybody cares around the world. So buy some tickets, oh. folks. Aleshockeytails.com. How old is this guy? Um, like eight. Oh, yeah. Sad, sad story. Nine, Let's get ten. behind it. Yeah, I like it. Well, it um, well, and his uncle... Um, was the first person to ever pay me money to drink beers with my friends. So they are shed family, even if they're on the other side of the ocean, right? Yeah. One big world. Good on you. Yeah. Well, and you've been around the world. We should get into this. Um, Okay. What else do we got? You also sent pictures um, from a Bruins game where you met Chara and Marchand. So you go to hockey games elsewhere other than just Cardiff. Yeah. So it was my, uh, my 30th birthday present off the good wife. Uh, We went to New York. And we've seen two games. So there was uh, Rangers, Bruins. Bruins is my team. Them, Did you say you're team. married? Yeah, wife and two kids. How the hell do you travel? I was wondering about this. I thought every cyclist must be single the way you guys travel. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm away a lot. I'm away 200 days a year. So maybe that's why that's I'm still lot, married. Eh? Jeez, maybe yeah. that's why I'm married. Hmm. Yeah, well, I guess like that's your normal life, right? In the cycling world, is you got to travel. That's the way it's always been. Like I met my missus when I was seventeen, so it's the way it's always been. But I mean, I'm thirty-two. I'm not going to do this so much longer. So all good things got to come to an end, right? Well, yeah, I guess. What What is the like? How old can cyclists be? Like how How old can you go? How long do you thinking? I reckon thirty-five, thirty-six tops. And it, it gets, to be honest. And you're signed on until 2023, the research team found. Your research team's on fire, eh? Aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I've got two more years um, on this. I signed a four-year deal, so I'm halfway through that. Um, two more years, and then probably do another one or two after that, and then hang it up. Hang it up. So, I mean, when one thing's been yeah. your thing your whole life, like it was for me with hockey transitioning out of that shit's hard man so do you got any what are you thinking of doing then next any ideas or you just figure that out later well get a cardiff devil season ticket first things first there you go priorities um take the little fella down there but i mean there's options um the obvious one is stay in the sport but 
it's it's a tough bubble to live in. And I think if I stay well, you'd in still sport, be traveling, right? Because like that's exactly. like for me thinking about becoming a hockey coach. So then you, you still got to travel all over, live on the road. Then as a coach in hockey, you get fired any day. <laughs> well, probably the reason I'd stop is to be at home more, be around the wife, be around the kids. So that's hard to stay in cycling. If So then if you stay in cycling, you're contradicting yourself. So it's a tough one. I think I'm just trying to stick my head in the sand. And when it happens, I'll uh, pull my well, head out the sand and see what's Speaking there. of it being one small, big world is uh, Gareth Govier or Govier uh, at the Goer Riders Cycling Club in Swansea. Want to say hi. Hey, what's happening? Yeah, they want to say oh, hi. Oh, the Gower. Down the Gower. The Gower? You, you'll you'll know the Gower down by Ogmore. You must I have been to the beach down in Ogmore. No man, I went to Swansea to like a zoo or an aquarium or something. God, you lived in Cardiff for all these years and you never went to the Gower. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's a beautiful beach. Next time you come, when, you when I've seen family, pictures of whales, like I didn't see any of that shit. I was too busy in school and with kids. I mean, <laughs> playing yeah, hockey. <laughs> The water's a bit brown and it's probably eight degrees, but apart from that, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's some wonderful places over there that I never really did get to travel was over there. So, hey, when I start uh, after Maxon's raffle and I, I do another raffle, and then we start raising money for the Walton family trip to Wales, then maybe we go see all this stuff, right? Yeah, head to the cow. <laughs> uh but yeah no it's interesting when i started this is like how many people that like reach out and that i get to chat with now and like i would have never heard of the swansea cycling club the gower you know to be honest i haven't heard of swansea cycling club the gower but i just know um... gower riders cycling club in swansea you've never heard of that okay no never heard of that club but uh i'll take your word for it <laughs> well there you go. I know more about cycling than you, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, anyways, moving on. Where and what are you doing now? So, I'm on the eve of a pretty big race. Actually, I'm racing tomorrow, and it oh, is the. Boy. And you made time the, for the shed. <laughs> yeah, priorities, man. Um, it. it is the longest one-day uh, cycle race on the calendar tomorrow, and it's. It's called Milan San Remo. And so you race Milan? from Milan. I'm in Milan. I race from Milan to San Remo, which is down on the coast of Italy. So it's it's actually 299 kilometers. You're gonna bike 299 kilometers more. Yeah. And that's there's awesome. 8k neutral zone at the start. So it's just over 300 k So that's what I got to look forward to tomorrow. Longest, uh, longest professional race there is. It'd be about seven hours. Jesus so, Murphy. Yeah. So seven hours. So okay. What time of day does that start at? So we start, basically all the races try and finish between four and five. And that's purely because uh, TV time. That's the that's the, the time of day they try and finish. So we'll, I think we start 9.30, 10, something like that. And then finish at five. Oh my God, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's so tough you think one. that's fun, biking that far? No, no, this, no, 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 no. That's you're how. getting paid. That's why you do it. You got to pay the bills, man. It's, yeah. uh, that's like when they bag skate in hockey, you're like, God, I just want to play the games and have fun. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's love hate, right? Some like with, with my sport, with, I'm sure with hockey as well, there's parts of the job that, you know, weeks you love 
and -hmm. you couldn't think of doing anything else. And then, of course, there's days you wake up and you think, I don't want to ride my bike. I don't want to go play hockey. I don't want to skate. And you got to take the highs with the lows, don't you? Yeah, I know maybe this, I'm a little bit different than most people. I got different questions, okay? When I got hurt my knee and I got fat in Germany, they made me ride the bike in the sauna for 90 minutes a day to get skinnier because I was I that fat. Story, I heard this story on the on your okay. one of your pods, yeah. Okay. So, when you ride a bike as much as you do, between your balls and your butthole has to hurt cuz mine hurt that whole year. I believe it's called the gooch. The gooch. My gooch. You, yours must be like steel. Mate, my gooch is like leather. Yeah, like, you've you've worked that thing, eh? Yeah, if you think I sit on my gooch every day for four or five hours, you're or... gonna be on your gooch for three hundred kilometers tomorrow. Yeah, not a problem, mate. My gooch is like is that right? Yeah, absolute weapon. <laughs> mine was <laughs> mine was so sensitive. Holy moly, I'd be putting oh, yeah. baby powder on her and everything. <laughs> 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 yeah, I wasn't a I cyclist, you, you, and then they tried to make me one, and my gooch was not prepared. <laughs> mate that's that's the biggest thing when people first get into cycling that's the first thing they say it's like balls and butthole right in between right in the sweet spot (laughs) yeah i mean they they say this is supposed to like be a workout and my legs are supposed to be fucked okay i can deal with that yeah my gooch i got an ass like a japanese flag here you know like oh it hurts i remember that was uh, every day and then i'd get to the rink and they'd be like, get in the sauna, bike's in there. There's only room for the bike in there. And man. Walking like walking like John Wayne, eh? Oh, shoot. <laughs> bringing back bad memories there. <laughs> okay, so you're in Milan. That's cool. And you're going to go down the coast of Italy. So that's a pretty nice area. Yeah, it's a beautiful race. You can't, Obviously, Milan is in. But you don't. It's like when you're driving, you don't get to see shit. You're biking. <laughs> you, you know, you don't take anything in. It's no, you see the pictures and you go, wow, that looks after the race or picture or the video footage. And you say, wow, that looks beautiful. The scenery, but you don't see anything. You're like, you're focused. You're looking at the ass in front of you, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going 40, 50 K an hour. This crashes. It's just, it's pretty chaotic. So you don't take anything in. No, I agree. And I remember driving through the mountains of Switzerland one road trip while we were over there and the wife got to look at everything and she's like look at this look at that i'm like well the road is winding and curving and we're in the mountains and i have to drive (laughs) yeah there's not many straight roads around there is there either no and you've seen the world man i'm quite jealous i've only my sheds seen that many countries i haven't (laughs) uh cool stuff okay so then one thing i'm curious about is in cycling bike cycling geez um all i really know is i read lance armstrong's book way back when he was like giving out the yellow bracelets and all that crap um and uh he talked about the peloton and how like guys like protected him from the wind and all that shit so is tomorrow just you on your own and you're giving her or are you guys working as a team so i'll break it down i so my my team in the oscar ideas we're 31 riders and in any race it's you put a squad of seven riders in apart from the three grand tours so you name one there's three grand tours a year Vuelta, Espana, Tour de France and Giro d'Italia in them you have eight but let's just say every other race of the season is seven guys and within that seven man squad you'll have one or two leaders 
and the rest are what's known as a domestique, which is the French, the French translation is simply helper. And for me, there's only two guys that are the, yeah, you'll have one or two leaders. So tomorrow, and then five are the blockers. We'll have five domestiques, five helpers of which I'm one and 99 races out of a hundred. That's me. I'm a domestique. I'm not a, you start out the start of your career thinking, right, I want to be a winner. I want to win this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you, re- well, certainly for me, I realized I'm not good enough t- to be a winner. Like I simply wasn't good enough, but. That's like when I, I went to Germany, I was like, ah, I'm not good enough to make the NHL a better go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's a bit similar. You have to take a step back and say, but well, is it up to the coach that would they put you in whatever role? And it's like, whatever the coach thinks of you, or is it how fast you bike? Like, how would you know, unless the other people are blocking for you? Well, at the start of your career, you have, you might have the odd opportunity and you either take it and you win the race or you don't and, and you fall behind. And I think over time I realized I'm not going to make, I'm not going to stay professional in the top tier of cycling for 10, 15 years without winning a race. So I said, right. I'll try and be the best domestique I can, best helper, yeah. best role player in hockey. Yeah, and try it. and be, try and be a guy that be a great teammate, a guy that the get the yeah. not the domestique guy, but the other guy is saying, "I want, I want row with me tomorrow." Mate, right? spot on. I like I, I is actually one thing I said to myself way back is like, if there's a leader, a captain, and he's the best in the world, I would like to think that he says. I want Luke there. Yeah. That's what I tried to build myself into. And I've done a decent enough job at it, but you know, the level's so high and this guy's coming up and young guys and, and there's, yeah, it's just, so it's just like pro hockey, right? There's always the kids coming up, biting at your heels. You're like it's, get away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sport, pretty much any sport. It's, it's <laughs> dog eat dog. You're only as good as your last race or your last couple of weeks or your last game or yeah. It's tough. Yeah. You're yeah. I, it's interesting. So I guess it's being a good teammate in the cycling world is probably like the hockey world, but might be even smaller, right? Like, I don't know. How, how many pro cyclers are there in the world, would you think? In the top, so there's top, like, kind of division. So the top level. The NHL. Pro tour, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. There's, there's 18 teams, of which each team has 30 riders. Gotcha. So. Get your, get your IT team to do the maths. Mm-hmm. And then there's different le- le- uh, levels below that, but it quickly falls off a cliff. There's not much um, depth. And in them lower leagues, it's uh, it's a bit of a dogfight. Guys not getting paid and guys getting fucked around. And it's it's quickly falls off a cliff. But in the top level, 18 teams of 30. Okay. Um, and you've been doing that since 2012, right? the top Correct. level it's a Correct. long time yeah. eh? so you've been doing her for a decade top yep. level same team the whole time as well uh really eh? then you know what the guys that a lot of guys that come to the shed were on the same team a lot of their pro hockey careers and like they all be like get their jerseys retired and blah blah, blah. and it's because they're good teammates they're good dudes right they're not like me that got shipped around <laughs> it's my bad body how didn't help though <laughs> <laughs> okay i got a new question then what's it like being a cyclist for diet wise what are you gonna eat to then bike that long tomorrow 
And when are you eating it? Are you getting up tomorrow morning and just crushing a big breakfast or what do you do? So before a big race, like tomorrow, it would be quite simple. Big breakfast, big lunch, big dinner. And tomorrow morning, we try and eat three hours before we race. So it'd be get up at 6, 6.30 and it'll be, you know, pasta for breakfast, which is not really what, what you want to be eating at six o'clock, but it's, it's, it's like putting petrol in a car, right? You've got to do it. Um, so you're doing actually, pasta with like a red sauce, chicken or what? That's such an, that's such an American Canadian thing, isn't it? Like pasta with white or red sauce. That's what that that's was like, hockey buffets all over North America. You yeah. show up at the restaurant and they got the red or white sauce with the tray of noodles. And then, you know, brilliant. We got, um, pasta. Yeah. We got a, at the bigger races, we have a chef. So he kind of gives us the option. Uh, so we'll have, I don't know, pasta with some. You're getting fancy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. We're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah. But it's not at every race. A lot of races you can, if you go like race in the north of France, you're going to have some nasty pasta that's been boiled for two hours. And it's not. There's not much glitz and glam in this sport, I tell you. It's um, It might sound nice when I say something like a team chef, but honestly, there's not much glitz and glam. It's just... Uh, I, I One of my questions, I know it's on the notes, but I'm not going to look at them, because um, is what's it like for a team dynamic in cycling? Because you guys don't like have a locker room like hockey where all 20 guys would out and battle together and then you sit down and not like you, if you won, some people might get naked and dance. You might crack a beer open, whatever it is. But like in cycling, if only seven or 30 even played the game and then yeah. like you, you, you cross the finish line and you're all trying to help the one guy, like, do you guys get after it after? Like, are you, if you guys do well tomorrow, are you going to get after it? Like you won something? Great, great question. And it's actually, it's such a strange dynamic because like you say, I can be on the start line. Okay, I raced last week with seven guys and a week later or five days later, I'm racing again. With different and I'm guys. the only one from the last, of the last seven to be this seven. And also what you got to think of is of the 30 guys, we got seven or eight Brits and then we've got so many different nationalities. We got right. Colombian, Ecuadorian, Spanish, Italians, German, like such a mixed bag. And they're so different in what they do. There's language barriers. It's so different. So, And everybody, we, where they come from, changes like their personality, who they are, what kind of teammate they are, like how they're raised, what, you know? Exactly. One, like one race to the next race can just be a complete different bunch of guys and a complete different dynamic. And you got to dial in as soon as you get there, you got to bam, you got to make that group. You got to be, you got to be tight. But um, yeah, so tomorrow is a massive race and we've won it once before and we went full gas. We went out, uh, went out to a restaurant, started getting on the sauce there. And then we mm -hmm. went out to a nightclub and it was, yeah, full biscuit. But, can, can cyclers handle their alcohol? You guys all seem very skinny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably one of the more heavyweights uh, in the yeah. team. I'm going to put my hand up. Yeah, you're well. And I'm not a master. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But some of them will have like three beers and be, be sideways. Right. Why do you think I uh, got along so well with everybody at Wales, right? <laughs> 
There is a big drinking culture in there. Love it. They love it. Yeah. yeah. Great. I, I, man, it, you only get to live once. You may as well have some fun while you're doing it, right? Hey, man. Did, knowing you were in Cardiff, okay, so you never went to the Gower, but did you ever experience a proper uh, rugby international day? Um, the World Cup was there when I was there, but I never got to go in the arena and see a game. I just saw a bunch of the Devils went to a game like last weekend. I never got to go do that. Um, I did get to enjoy downtown a little bit during the World Cup and see yeah. what was there. Is It's pretty cool when everybody gets together and is in a great mood. <laughs> but even if you don't go to the game just to be in the city on the beers. Yeah. That's what a city. I love it. The full match thing is incredible. The whole city's buzzing, eh? Yeah. I, I even like what that's six nations, right? Every bar is just yeah. packed with everybody having a time. Great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's an, it's the coolest city I've ever lived in was when, I, I had been places there weren't much to do. And then you show up in Cardiff and they have that fair down in the Bay, like the first week I'm there. And I'm like, geez, there's a lot to do in the city. <laughs> How many years were you in Cardiff? Was it three? Just two. The one I played two. and then the one I got injured and acted yeah. like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What can you do, eh? If you're injured, uh, you're in. Yeah. I, well, okay. Here we go. Yeah. You got to help the team any way you can, but you got an injury, eh? You were get you were probably all sauced up on uh stag party in Prague, did I hear? <laughs> Research team was hot. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um for, do you know? Let's hear the story. I want to know about it. Oh, it's not as exciting as as uh as you think. And the problem is as soon as you say stag do an injury, people of think course, you're people all banged go, up. Yeah. Yeah, two and two together, you were off your tree and you've done something stupid, which so we went out the night. We went out, full gas, got in early hours, woke up the next morning, and the first activity of the day was um, whitewater rafting. So we go whitewater rafting, a few beers on the way, but, you know, nothing crazy. And it's as simple as, I mean, it was my mistake, but it was kind of a weird accident. Long story short, jumped into water, thought it was deeper than it was, and it was not very deep. And I broke my leg in. 25, 30 places. It was just in pieces. And actually, I was, I'm led in this hospital bed in Prague and it was like just shit, mm. shit hospital. And I'm thinking, oh God, what's going to happen here with my career, with my boss, with my contract? And actually, this is the one thing that I'll never forget with our GM, our. Yeah, the guy in church. Yeah. Dave Brailsford. And he called me, he called me and he said, all right, Luke, how are you? I said, yeah, good. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm shitting myself because if it's a cycling injury, if I did this in a race or training on my, my bike, it's one thing. If you do it on a stag do, don't know how it's going to go. And he said, listen, Luke, I'm not even going to ask how you broke your leg. I don't care. You're one of us. We're with you all the way and we'll look after you. What a and great guy. Like, you know, just put my whole mind at ease. And like, I'll forever be grateful for that because mm -hmm. I'm in the hospital bed thinking <clears throat> everything's going through your head, you know? Oh yeah. And, and, uh, wow. He said, we'll get you the best of the best the rehab. We're going to, we're going to nail it. And, and they did. So, uh, well, good on them. It, they, what it reminds me of was when I hurt my knee in Cardiff and, uh, <clears throat> I go through six weeks of rehab and whatever after the surgery. And like, that was when I was supposed to be back. 
And then I go see the doctor to do some tests. And there's like a thing that gives out every time in my knee, there's like a spot that there's like a gap and they're like, you're done. Like you can't ever play again. And then you're like, holy shit. Like is Cardiff going to make me go home? Like I, they want the apartment probably for the guy going to take my spot. And Todd Kelman said, no, you're one of us. You're going to stay here and you can, you, you know, we'll find something for you to do, which got weird, but um, yeah, good people, you know, sticks with I think you. Uh, credit where, yeah. Credit where credit's due. I think it's easy to um, like when you're at your top of your game the year before, you know, you're, you're playing amazing the year before I was racing well, whatever. And it's easy to think, you know, this is a great team, great organization looking after me, but it's not until you get a bit of adversity adversity, or you're at the bottom and they still stick with you. Right. Then you realize what a good, you know, what, what a real good team is, you know, I, I totally agree and good on them for doing that. So being injured sucks, man. That was, so the hardest days of my life was when I was injured and I wasn't really part of the team. I was doing my rehab and it takes forever. You're there all day. You're by yourself and you're never around the guys. And obviously everybody knows what I feel about being around the guys and being part of the team. Those were the darkest days of my life, really. So what was it like for you trying to come back? I'd say the same. I think it kind of, uh, at the start, I said, you know what? I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch the races because it's just putting salt in the wound. I'm not going to watch. And then sure enough, I cracked and just the biggest thing I missed was just being on the road with the guys on the bus. And I realized it actually wasn't so much the race in itself. It wasn't being on the start line. It was just being in the you're hitting, me right, you're hitting me right in the heart. <laughs> That's exact. Yeah. It's exa- I, do you think I miss playing hockey? <laughs> yeah. I miss yeah. the guys. Now I found a way to talk to them. <laughs> it's true, and meet right. new ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, you, you realize how much, um, how much of a laugh and how much camaraderie there is. And when you get a bunch of guys together and, you know, win, lose or draw, if you're successful or not, just that kind of um well it's the same when you'll you'll ever be done with cycling right it's like how many times do you get on a bus with 20 dudes that are all hockey guys or like they all we all have something in common and um we're all similar dudes and like you get to hang out with them all the way to the game you get to hang out with them at the arena you get to play two touch with them you get to play hockey with them and then you get to bus back like you don't get to have fun like that in the real world (laughs) so you I got a question for you. So you said to me, um, you know, if you win a race, will you celebrate? So what about when you were playing for Cardiff? So you win a, you win a game. I, uh, I'm a little different than most I'd say, but, um, I would say pretty much after every weekend, right? Like you worked hard, you gave her your all. I would like to, uh, to, you know, whether we won, whether we lost, I'd be having drinks with my teammates and discussing what went on or just having a time. Yeah. But it was only, you wouldn't go out the night before a game. No. Well, I'd test myself once or twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You got to test balance. yourself every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fine balance. Uh, but like, so all that stuff that you missed, like now I'm coaching kids, right? The under 11s and we start our semifinals of all Ontario tomorrow night. So can't wait, fellas. We got four games in four days and a best of five. So it's all going to happen very fast in the next few days. And I can't wait to watch you play fellas. 
And I got it all back now, right? Like I got that part back. When I get to see those kids having as much fun as they do and they're a team and they love each other and they'll do anything for each other, I'm like, that is my team, you know? So what's what's your involvement with the team? You run you run it head to toe? Uh, well, the wife's the manager. She does the scheduling. And then there we're co-coaches, me and another fella. Um, but yeah, like we do practice plans together and then I'll run the forwards and he does the D during the games. Wow, that's great, isn't it? Good idea. It's you. so fun, man. I love it. Really. <laughs> yeah. I it brought back, I have a very a real passion for it. And like seeing these kids, like at the start of this season, I wouldn't consider a lot of them hockey guys, but you ask their parents now, they're hockey guys. <laughs> yeah, they're probably on like the crisp. Uh, maybe not in America or Canada, but they're probably on on the cusp of like having a couple of beers after the game in a few years' time. They're a few years away, but they're almost there, aren't they? Wow, well, they well, they, right now they're into root beers. They like to crush root beer together. <laughs> uh, okay, what would as you're a skinny fella in the bicycling world? You're from Cardiff, though. I know you've been to Chippy Lane. What are you getting? Salads and shit. Chippy Chippy Alley. Chippy Alley, that's what you call it. It, it can be a wow. bit of an alley at late night. Eh? There's a mess down there sometimes. Yeah. Depends what time you're there. It can be Do you eat there or are you too skinny for that that alley? No, 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 I eat there. I think my approach is like on a night out, I'm either on or I'm off. So if I go out, you're all I'm out. I'm doing it properly. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't go out because I can't, I kind of haven't got an off switch. Right. So if I'm out, I am. You all like in push the envelope as pubs, then hit the clubs then chip Ali, chips cheese gravy big dirty kebab head to dorothy's oh, like, yeah. talk dirty to me luke we just met each other yeah. <laughs> oh, loads of salt vinegar yeah yeah I know, I know that it's it's quite like the city right like everybody goes out and then everybody goes there to end their night and it, it is a great way to finish a night out yeah, you can have chips, you can have a kebab, you can... So you, you mix it up, it. eh? You're not... I would be getting a kebab every time. That's just me. I love it. Yeah, I'm pretty... I'm pretty... I'm pretty partial to a kebab. But that's what I mean. Like, everything... But do you not on. think the UK kebabs are not... You've traveled the world. Let's talk yeah. about kebabs. UK's kebab game ain't high-end. Do you not think? I think Germany is way better. Uh, well, I think the first thing you got to think about with kebabs is... Never to have the because there's two types, isn't there? There's Never the chicken the, or the lamb, right? Yeah, don't get the lamb. The lamb. You shut, stop it. No, no, you stop it. You got to go the chicken. What sauce are you putting on your chicken? Oh, you paused. Oh, you're back. Come spicy. on, stick with us. What? Spicy chicken, spicy. All the trimmings. If they know they say what do you want, you say everything. You're, you're saying fill her up. Fill her huh. up, big boy. Well, yeah. I, you know, in Germany, this one place by the Beating High Marina, they started, they would roll out the dough fresh, put it in a pizza oven. So the dough is literally just made right in front of you. And you start, get, you start getting those emotions. You start seeing it and you're like, oh my God, look at the love and care he's putting into my wrap. <laughs> and then they put it in the pizza oven and it comes out warm and they wrap it all up with fresh vegetables and the lamb meat. And then... They'd even put in fresh cut French fries in there. Chips, as they'd say, into the yeah, kebab, I'm... in the fresh wrap. And now I am getting hot and bothered again. Gosh, why do I talk yeah, about this all the time? Yeah, you win that one. You win that one. 
<sighs> Anyways, um, yeah, sorry, but uh, yeah, there's kebabs in the world that can change your life, right? <laughs> You're getting hot sweats thinking about these kebabs, aren't you? Well, let's keep talking about food while we're on the topic then. You've lived all over the world. What's Where's your favorite country for food? Because you know how everybody's from different places. Everywhere in the world's got different food. So where's your favorite? Uh, for me, it's easy. Italy. Italy all day long. Mm, pasta, yeah. Well, you're eating pasta for breakfast. You got issues, right? <laughs> oh, it's great. Like even today, we just did a little ride today just to spin the legs. Found a cafe in the middle of nowhere. It looked a bit average. Walked in. Great cappuccino. Great croissant. Just they do. If they do it, they do it properly. Right. Oh, if you're going to do something, do it right. Yeah. I lived in Italy for uh, for two years when I was like, when I, when I was an uh, amateur brilliant and in tuscany they do this uh steak florentina and it is just like on the bone massive steak they do it on the on the open fire brilliant really yeah oh. so good jeepers i'm getting hungry talking about this yeah no italy is great though like the food i was always curious right because you grow up in canada usa and you hear italian that's gonna be spaghetti and meatballs and then you get to italy and there ain't no meatballs no it's no. just bolognese where it's just a meat sauce. But There's even no meatballs, like, folks. Don't get confused the, over here. What? They don't like food isn't just food. Like we call in the in in Italy spaghetti bolognese. It sounds mm. nice, doesn't it? It in sure does. Say, in the UK, you say spag ball. Like how lazy are we? You know, could have some spag <laughs> ball as opposed to spaghetti bolognese. Uh, and then I, I enjoy the culture in Europe where Germany, they did it too. Italy, I believe they do is like, you're not allowed to be open from, I think it's what one till three or something like you're shut down. It's lunchtime. Go have a time. We're not working for a couple hours. Take a break folks. They always have a glass of wine with their lunch. Always. It's like the same in France. It's almost a law. They're just living. They're ha- They're enjoying the day. Yeah. We're doing it wrong. And well, I'm not, I, I find that food. And my shed bring people together. I love cooking food because I find it brings people together when you can make a really good meal. And talking to people in my shed seems to be doing the same thing. I just want everybody to have fun, you know? And I like having fun. And this is fun. Can I ask a bit more about your shed? So, I I mean, I can see a bit, but I mean, it's literally a shed down the end of your garden. It looks looks great. It it is great. Um, So, yeah, um, I built this. And basically, it's funny because... It's the same way this this works. The podcast was it was all done by friends. The concrete, Ripley Wolves, Devin Kemp, he did the concrete. And then I paid one guy to build the shell of the place. And then my neighbor, Kent, finished it all up for me on the inside. I had uh, two guys come over and do all the electrical work for me. Everybody did it just for a few beers and a steak pie, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And and this in the background is all the people you've you've interviewed those are all the posters i don't even have them all all on there yet but you'll be up there once i you know once i get there's like 20 per poster on there yeah we're gonna fill the whole shed i ain't stopping (laughs) (laughs) on fire right yeah so anyways no this uh, this is like my home away from home you know but it's at home in the back yeah you get to come out here and be yourself right like i don't have to be dad i don't have i can be me out here you know it's fun. Nice. Good on you. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, Kay, how'd you get into cycling? It's a family sport. I got your brother and sister-in-law raced professionally. And then 
Is your old man a coach for a Paralympian? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, Research team is good, eh? Yeah, you studied, fair play. Um, pretty much always been in the family. My, my grandparents cycled. Um, my parents cycled. Me and my brother naturally took to it. And it was never like I played football, played rugby, done a lot of cross-country running. I always did kind of loads of sports. Skate? And it was terribly. Mm. I'm like Bambi on ice. Yeah, there's a a lot of bad skaters in Wales. I've seen them at the public skating. It's a mess. Yeah, I'm one of them. Okay. I can skate in a straight line, but I can't stop. I'm one of them who comes to the boards and does this. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and you don't know what to do without your penguin. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not quite on the penguin level but i'm not far off it's actually in my are you contract. renting skates if you skate are you renting those terrible skates or do you have your own um yeah I, i'm a renting penguin man yeah. but it's actually <laughs> it's actually in my contract i'm not allowed to ski stag or... parties whitewater raft <laughs> ski or skate so <laughs> I mean, when I stop, I definitely want to skate. And I, like, I always wanted to be a skier. And I had teams that like, there's teams in Europe that embrace that they're in a ski town and they tell the players they get free skiing all year. And then there's other places that tell you you're not allowed, you know? Yeah. Oh, skiing. Yeah. That's skiing's another a one. fun time, isn't it? But it's the whole package with skiing, right? It's like. I think Admiral. it's more fun than like playing a hockey game, getting slashed, body checked, or cycling for 300 kilometers, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Skiing's on the bucket list. I've been once before, but that's it. Eh? Well, I guess you can't do it, know. right? Once you, it was like I used to like dirt biking. And then I remember like when I'm in minor hockey, like the coach was like, you know, you're kind of good at hockey. You really should stop dirt biking. Yeah. And then I did. First time we went skiing, we went skiing as a family when we were kids. I was probably 10. Get there, first day. Went skiing, it was all right. Went to the bar, went to the pub in the evening. Um, my mum had a few too many. Walked out of the pub. She walked in deep snow. Her leg, like, sunk in the snow, fell over, broke her leg, day one on the holiday. So we haven't been since. Right, no. no. Injuries suck. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where we got into that, but yeah, you guys are just a cycling family, kind of like a hockey family, right? Hockey yeah, players breed. Yeah. So you, like, how, when does it like, so you guys started racing at what age, what age are you racing bicycles? Oh man. Uh, pretty much my whole life since I was eight, yeah. since I was eight, but it yeah. was never, you know, when, when you're a kid, it was kind of, you'd go away to a race on the Sunday, you'd leave on the Saturday, you'd go on, you'd rent a minibus and there'd be like 20 kids on the minibus. You go up, you stay overnight, you race, you don't care about the race. It's just more about having, having fun with your friends the on, the bus on the way up and the way back. And whilst you're there, you do a race, you know, it was never, so I say I've been doing it my whole life, but the first 10 years was just, it was just something to do on the weekend, you know, a social thing. Um, have you ever gotten into a fight in the cycling world? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a couple. Um, teammates or opposition? Never a teammate. I'm for sure there's been times with teammates. Yeah, like ho hockey way, players like, would fight in practice, you know? Like, things no, never. sometimes happen, and you're like, hey, mother effer, like, why'd you do that? And then he's like, hey, why'd you do that? And then all of a sudden, you get upset for a bit. 
then you're okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get that with hockey. You see it in you know videos of teammates fighting the odd time in in. Uh, it's usually in not the first place team doing it. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that's one thing that a lot of people who don't follow cycling closely you can and you can never see it from tv how so say you have to be in the front for a certain point the road is only wide enough for five or seven people depending on the width of the road and there's 200 people so you're all fighting to be in that position so it's it's a shit fight within the peloton and there's quite a lot of arguments and stuff and um, so you guys are chirping each other while you're oh, cycling, yeah. while you're going yeah. 50k or 50, well, however fast you're going on a bike, you guys are all chirping each other out there. Yeah. Do you ever yeah, like? Do you ever give a guy one in the ribs or like you? you... Well, well, yeah, I've had it done to me. Because your uh, shoes are like uh, locked um, in, right? You can't be kicking, right? <laughs> no, no kicking. But and, and now you have to be careful because there's there's cameras everywhere. There's even like one rider from each team has a GoPro on the front of their bike. It's part of like the, this to get some good footage or whatever. So there's cameras everywhere. So you can't really do so much, but um, one of, one of the lowest moments in my career actually come from not really a fight, but like a disagreement with a guy. And I got, I actually got disqualified from the, the Tour de France one year, which was, yeah, made the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And that was a bit of a ding dong with, uh, with another fella. So that was, kind of a low point in my career i can i can look back tongue-in-cheek and laugh about it now but it was uh that was a pretty good moment and that was because i was arguing with them um, with another fella uh, yeah well you know so when you're in a competition and you're doing your best and you're trying to win people get in the way you can get upset yeah. right <laughs> doggy dog yeah get the f out of my way right <laughs> well he was no, you were saying about like domestique and helper. So he was a domestique yeah. with his leader behind him. And I was a domestique with my leader behind me. And I'm trying to do a good job for my guy. Yeah. He's trying to do a good job for his guy. Yeah. And we just clashed. And the yeah. Yeah. Got tangled up. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I understand that. That happens in competition. You put people in different jerseys and you're on this team and he's on that team. Yeah, thing, thing, things can get away from you, you know. <laughs> I actually wish, you know, how like in hockey, there's a problem. You can say, okay, let the gloves and we sort it out. Yes. And in cycling, you can't do that. You just keep and biking. It, <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. I, sometimes I wish I was just like, can me and you just stop and fight and, fight and then move and on? Yeah. And then we can get on our bikes and carry on. You're right. That would be better. Yeah. And like, it's like in hockey, when that happens, if you got an issue with a guy, usually after you throw down whatever the issue was, then you move on from, right? Yeah. Whereas with us, it just festers for a whole 12 months and you can't do anything. about. And you keep seeing the same guys over and over at every race, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if he's a prick once, he's probably a prick the next time too, right? Yeah, and he's saying the same about me, and I'm saying the same about him. And you look at the start sheet, and it's like, fuck, he's here again. Yeah. He's saying the same. But uh, it's, yeah, it's nothing like that. The domestiques must really just muck it up, eh? Yeah, we yeah we should bring you, in. You guys aren't like the fancy boys getting blocked by everybody, everybody eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're like the, we're the ones who aren't good enough to be the winners. <laughs> I mean, just have to pop the shit. Uh, 
I knew you're a shed guy. It's like the guys that don't make the NHL. (laughs) (laughs) But you're in the NHL just as a role player. Different, you know? Yeah, just not a superstar. Um, So what I've now that I follow you on Instagram, right? And folks, if you don't follow the shed on Instagram, that is where all the stuff is happening. I don't have time for anything else. Um, You went to an academy. Um, Is that the Mandy Flyers? So the academy... No, the Mandy Flyers was like a youth team. So the oh, academy. What's was, what's the uh, academy? What's that? The academy was it's kind of like where you go for the amateur ranks. So I was on the academy when I was 18, 19, 20. And they Is that were, when you first move away from home then? Yeah. And they were the funniest years of my life. We had so you you, you move away from home, you move into the apartments. There was eight of us, all the same age. We moved up to Manchester. In the, in the winter, we were in Manchester, and in the summer, we were in Italy. And oh, we had a laugh. You know, eight guys, you just flee the nest. You're in the yeah. middle of Manchester. Kind of like going to a Western Michigan people. University to play hockey with a bunch of dandies. <laughs> Same thing. It was, yeah. it was, we were in Fallowfield, which was a student, um, student town. And it was, it was funny. We had some laughs. So that was, and then after that, I, I don't know how I managed it looking back at what I did then three years, but uh, after that, I took pro. So that was my, my three years amateur. Okay. And you had, I, you never know what you're going to get, right? I'd never met you. I didn't know if you were like straight laced and like, you're just eat, drinking your protein shakes and not having any fun, but sound right up my alley. <laughs> I think this for me, it's a fine balance. Like there's you got, you got to live and have fun and smile, right? You probably race, yeah. better. are you like a hockey player? Do you race better when you're in a good mood and happy? Oh, all for it. I think happy head, good legs every day of the week. I think if you're in a good place and I've seen. You should see me skate around now. I'm fatter. Like I'm fat, but like I'm happy because I come out to my shed. I get on the ice. I can do shit. I couldn't do when I was playing. (laughs) It's weird. Bring on on the comeback. No, we we are coming back when we raffle off a bunch of jerseys and make enough money. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure you're the same in in your career, you've seen guys go both ways. I've seen guys who are so infixed on every detail, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, bed by this time, oh, yeah. won't touch a pizza, a beer. And then you see guys the other side who drink to excess, don't put the hard work in. And I try and sit somewhere in the middle and have yeah. a good life and try and be successful at the same time. It's And for me, it's a balance. I agree. I, I was... The, I. I was to say I was wasn't drinking that much when I played, right? Like I would, I would usually floor it out. If you play Friday, Sunday, then Sundays I'd usually floor it, right? But other than that, yeah. I wouldn't really have beers or drink, really. Um, and you, but you gotta live, right? You gotta let your hair down when the opportunity arises. Because <laughs> pro pro sports is it, it is stressful shit sometimes, right? Well, I think it's nice to, you know, when when the time comes, when you retire, it's nice to look back and go, okay, I was good. I was okay at what I did. I made a career out of it, but I had a fucking good time. Mm, And I think that's That's, hopefully what I'm going to be able to do. And it sounds like you will be able to. That's kind of what I do. Yeah, I had a great time. (laughs) And I get to come out and talk about it. Okay, so the academy then are you? You guys are just cyclers then. You're done school at eighteen then. No more school. Yeah, yeah, no school. Um, actually, 
yeah, I didn't do great in school. I kind of copped up. So how many it. of those eight guys that went to the academy actually turned pro and made it? Because they obviously went there trying to make it, right? That's what you're doing with your life if you go there. Uh, from the eight. So this is like these eight, this academy, it's like the, the GB team. So the best eight in, in Britain go on, go on this squad. So already to, to be on that squad, it was, it was a pretty big deal. And then from the eight, uh, currently... They, you know, I said the, the the world tour, the top level, and then the level below. Yeah. So we so we got myself in the world tour, and then there's one other guy, but he's in the level below. So Durant geez. Thomas. He was on the academy, but he was he's a couple of years older than me. So he's my uh, he's my podcast man. Me and him do a podcast. Oh, really? So me and him. What's occurring? Holy cow! Come on, man, check it out. I didn't know. I didn't okay. know. Sorry, I'll check it out. Blame the IT team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Research team didn't even find that. That's pretty brutal. That's <laughs> me and him grew up. Me and him grew up like it's quite strange. Me and him grew up three k apart away from each other. And he was with... one of the three Welshmen that have been in the Tour de France. Yep. Yeah, he was the second ever Welshman to ride it. I was the third ever Welshman, and he and he's won the Tour de France. What? Yeah. He won it? He won it in 2019. Hmm. Yeah. So actually, you say about partying, do we celebrate? So that was like halfway through the year, the Tour de France. And I think for like, I was there at the tour with him. He won it. And for, I'd say like a month after, we were like a write-off. We were like the Bash Brothers. It was so much fun. And were you you we were went. on his team? Were you his domestique? Yeah. I, I was his domestique, yeah. So you I basically was, uh, won the Tour de France too because you're a team and you were on the team that won it. I wish it worked like that, but um, no. Just a, just just a piece of the puzzle, but right. uh, no. I mean, it's something I could never do. I can own, like the pinnacle for me, that probably is the pinnacle to be – of course it is just because you're not the guy that why you're his teammate yeah. that helped him yeah that's that's like as good as i can achieve just to be a part of that you know it's by by no means you win the tour de france but it's just to be a part of the team that did win it's oh probably yeah. Say, yeah well what else did you go to the tour de france to do other than help your team win like you did what you went there to do <laughs> yeah 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 so, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun so what it what went on during this month did you do much traveling or did you what'd you do well we we just went back home and we had but it was so we go out and go for dinner go for drinks and it would escalate until the whole night and then the next day we'd wake up you'd just be so happy up. wouldn't you and you'd wake so up and you, like you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to be hung over because you'd be like geez we just won the tour de france we were did? on cloud nine it gets to like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and it'd be like a text Hey G, what are you up to? Yeah, not much. Do you fancy a beer? Yeah, right, buddy. And it just it just carried on. It was, uh, but this was something you know. We grew up a few k from each other. I've known him for twenty years, and he went on to do that. And That's the rest crazy. of the season was a write off. Like the rest of the races, we were we were we were terrible. Right. But we kind of got away with it because because uh, you yeah because the success we done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good one. Oh God, that sounds really fun. Winning stuff's really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah okay so um 
anyways, you're at the academy. You move on, right? And he's there with you. But anyways, so you race amateur for a few years, right? And you won the whatever it's called, Team Pursuit Squad 2007 Euro Track. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, a couple of years before that as junior. But basically, like, them three years on the academy, amateur, it's like... um, So that's when you're at the academy is when you're the amateur. And then 2012 is when you turn pro. Yeah. So that would have been like 11, 10, 9. And you're racing guys and all everyone wants to do. Like you're getting paid absolute peanuts, like barely enough to live on. You're scraping by, you know, Um, and all everyone wants to do, everyone you race, they want to turn pro. That's all they want to do is just get that contract. So it's a proper, it's a jungle, you know, and it's like, you know, I said, now it's organized. You have your domestiques, your helpers, because you're paid to be a domestique because you're, you're paid to be a helper. But then it's like every man for yourself. Everyone's just trying to get success. Everyone's trying to just get that. And it's, on. that's just like what it's like in hockey, right? It's like you Jungle. get to the, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's competing and everyone wants it. And yeah. Every race is like no control, falls to the wall. Everyone trying to prove themselves, get spotted, um so yeah them them years are pretty cutthroat and and you know at the end of them three years so you, you get like four years as an under 23 and if you haven't turned pro after them four years you you're, you're pretty much done so you got like them they four call years. that you're pretty well tits on toast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it Tits on toast if it doesn't happen so it's yeah. like make Okay, so then you did sign your first deal. I don't know how much cyclists make. Don't doesn't matter. But do Domestiques then make less than the other guy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, small small fish in a big pond. I think. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. I mean, there's pretty good money in cycling compared to some sports, but then it's shit compared to other sports. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, obviously, the top guys, yeah, they're making millions, but. I'm uh, I'm quite far down the the pecking order. I hear you. That's where I was. <laughs> you got to be realistic. Yeah, uh, yeah. You need a knee injury to get a shit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyways, okay. So, what's the hardest race you've ever done? What's the hardest stage or whatever that like highest mount how, hill you've climbed? Mountain? There's, like, I can't even imagine some of those mountains in Europe that you got to ride a bike up. Ugh. Yeah. I, th- I think for me, that's it's an easy, easy answer. It was Tour de France 2016. Um, went into it, first stage, no problem. Second stage, uh, there was there was a big crash. I got caught right up in the middle of it. Went down pretty heavy, um, and I got I got back on. I finished the stage, and then I had some scans, and I broke broke three ribs on the second stage. And you finished and- the race with broken ribs. Yeah, so it's, it's 21 days, and this happened on day two. And it was just, I don't know if you've ever broken your ribs, but it's like... Uh, I've it's seen like, guys that have, and they you're just aren't limited. having any fun. <laughs> you're just limited with your breathing, you know? You can, to take a big, deep breath, you can't. So it's like having a rev limiter on. Or like and, sneeze or fart, Yeah, it would hurt. And it makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. So this three weeks was just, I went to hell and back, just, just and... and Actually, this year I finished. So you kept the- cycling then with the broken ribs? Yeah, I fin- I finished the race, and that's what you're fucked. That's what. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
Good for you. That's the type. That's what I love. I you're you're a shed guy. I'd never met you. You're a shed guy. If you do that and you push yourself like that, you're a winner, yeah. dude. I love that's awesome. So is the Tour de France not the same race every time or is it different every time? Uh it's it's different. It varies. Um so essentially, like every village and every city you go through pays to have the race come through their village or the city. So it's kind of like and, and people just get after it, right? The fans are just getting totaled, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's the Nash, it's it's a three-week party. It's sounds fun. You know, the, on the mountain stages where you go up, you know, the big hairpin bends, people go up, they camp the night before, they get on the beers, they have a party, next morning, wake up, have a hangover, and watch a race go by. And it's 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 just ingrained in the the culture there. It's it's and you guys like will just how how many people are in that race? Like hundreds? Riders, uh, 200. So like 200 dudes will go by and they go by really fast and they're like, okay, we did it. That was fun, <laughs> right? Do you know what? I've, you guys you know, go by you, them pretty quick. They wouldn't be able to see much, right? If it's a flat stage from the front of the peloton to the back of the peloton can be 50, uh, 20 seconds. So they can stand there. And they camp hours. out and they do everything to watch you guys go by for 20 seconds. Yeah. But then there's like a like a, a fleet of cars that go in front and um, like throw stuff out and then they make a bit of a song and dance and then there's the convoy behind the race. So, but still, I mean, in terms still. of that's why a lot of them go on the mountains because you go in, you're creeping up the mountains, you know, and, they, and the race is normally split up, so you you get a lot more viewing time for your money, kind of, kind of. Mm, right? No, it's all very interesting. I don't know anything about it, like. I said, sorry. <laughs> so, um, what else do I got here then? So what's the worst crash you've been in, in cycling? Is it the Touch broken ribs? <sighs> worst crash. What's the most dangerous race you've been in? Like with all the Hills, obviously going up is going to suck big balls, but yeah. going down when you're in a race and like hitting the brakes is kind of not recommended in a race. There's got to be some times where you guys are flying. Yeah. It's yeah. It's intense. And, and back to the whole crash there. I think I've been lucky touch would have, I've broken bones for sure. Plenty of bones, but nothing serious, serious, but I got the amount, some of the crashes I've seen is just horrific. And oh. it's, you know, like motor racing, the course is made for a race car for us. We just race on the roads and they just shut the roads and there's traffic furniture. There's fucking lampposts. And you, you see some of the crashes I've seen, I've seen people die and I've, and it's from that aspect of it, it's pretty scary because you're wearing a polystyrene helmet and Lycra like this. That's it. And that's it. And if you go down, like I've, I've the, the the worst is actually when you really absolutely skin yourself. If you break a bone, if you break a bone, like if you slide down the road and yeah. like it's taking your oh road rash. If you break a bone, you kind of go home. The race is over normally, you know. But, but if, if you skin yourself, that's when you're like, injured. When you're just hurt, yeah. you keep going. <laughs> when you skin yourself and you lose all your skin, oh, like God. you carry on, mate. It's not over. You carry on. You don't. You don't pull out for that, and then. You know, you just one side of you is just red and you sleep like shit. And I've had a few of them. Oh. And, and yeah. And when you're sliding as well, you crash, you're sliding along the floor. And 
and what's going through your mind is, I hope nobody else hits me. I hope nobody else hits me because they're coming from behind. And they're coming fast. You, you'd have to be alert the whole time. And you're saying you got seven hours tomorrow of staying alert? <laughs> yeah, it's intense. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So what uh, country do the fans, like, are they the most passionate and they get the most after it? Is it the Tour de France? Because you've been everywhere. Belgium. Belgium, 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 100%. They are. They got interesting beers in that country too, eh? You ever have the ones in like the wine glass that are like 15% alcohol? They can get you right yeah. twisted up. Duval. Oh, there's Duval. a, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's another one, Delirium, because it, it makes you a bit, a bit, a bit crazy. But uh, first time I ever tried those, whew, really yeah. no, caught me off like, guard. <laughs> I quite like them. They're like brown beers, aren't they? They're, and then you drink yeah, them out of like a wine glass and they're, they're serious. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Not sorry. Cool. They get into it. Sorry. Got sidetracked. Yeah. This just, uh, I'd say they're the most passionate fans and you can, you know, you go and a lot of the races in Belgium are the races that are run over cobblestones. So roads that are, yeah, were cobbled way back when, and they haven't touched them. And, and, uh, they're also the most dangerous, um and the, the crowds just they, they love it close? like i said do they get close is there ever fans that yeah. get too close and oh it's annoying it's annoying but in belgium they're pretty respectful because they appreciate what you're doing like if there's a big race on um it's like a national holiday there like all the big cities arrange like free transport onto the course free transport back and they just set up beer tents and you're going up the climbs and it's like this belgium is it not and it's way more fun to do stuff when the people are really really into it right it's like playing hockey in the big blue tent or in cardiff like when the fans love it they love what they're watching they're so into it it's like going to the finals in ontario of junior hockey or senior hockey like when you get to the finals and then the arena's packed and there's people lined up outside the arena and you're like wow we're really doing it now eh? (laughs) yeah do you know what i missed the big blue tent that place was like, I know. Okay, the new rink is amazing. It's it's you know, all right. Lit and glam. Yeah, but uh, the big blue tent just had something special. Like, yeah, everyone right. stomping their feet, banging the boards. If it was a Saturday game, everyone would be on the beers. I remember that 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 run they went on where they won. I don't know how many games, twenty something games. Um, they had the Guinness World the, Record. A while. Yeah, yeah. I went to a few of them towards the end and it was just mental electric. Man. Yeah. Well, oh. and that, that arena, I obviously everybody knows me. I I'm not into the glitz and glam either. Right. But um, I love that arena. And like my favorite part was the family atmosphere of it was like when you show up at that arena and it's packed and they're loud and they're stomping their feet. But like you look around the arena, I knew almost every person there, right? I'm like, yeah. I know you. I, you come to the bar after and have a beer with me. And, like, it was a family feel. The fans, the players, the coaches, like, everybody was in it together in that barn. That's what's good about the Devils. It is a family, now. eh? Like, look how they support me. They even – I have a hockey team of people in the U.K. wearing these jerseys. It's, it is mental. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great, though, isn't it? It's not uh, – I think a lot of – sports people can easily like put themselves on a pedestal and you know think they're above they are and it's something like i've never tried to do and it's something i never found with the devils is it's just a normal bunch of guys and you know they just treat 
treat every fan like give them a bit of time no it's nice right yeah go ahead that i wouldn't think of yeah it's i totally agree yeah the I think Todd runs a good ship of bringing in the right people too in Cardiff. And uh, there's just, it's just the Welsh people are just so nice. Like I remember when Zoe was born over there, like I, the next game, like obviously Lisa, Zoe, Colby aren't there because she just yeah. had Zoe, but like I'm coming off the ice, the big blue tent and like fans literally were dropping presents for like Zoe being born. Like I got a, <laughs> I got a Welsh spoon that was engraved, made personally just for her. And it's like, where else in the world are people doing this? You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Hot woman. It really is. Okay. What else do I got? So some of your favorite races though, do you get to choose where you go or is that straight up to your team? It's kind of like, yeah, 50, 50. Cause like, you like going to Australia down under mate. Oh yeah. That's a great trip. That's a great trip. They got a good drinking culture in Australia here too. Yeah, and we, we, we spend the time in uh, in Adelaide. So that's it's a pretty loose city. It's it's it's, it's good fun. But mm. I think at the at the start of my career, it's like they just tell you what you're doing. You're doing this, you're doing this. Yep, yeah, okay, no problem. Pack my suitcase. And yeah. then as the years go by, you can have like a bit more of an influence. But at the end of the day, where they send me, I'm happy to go. I think it's yeah. uh, some guys will say, No, I don't want to do that race. I, you know, I don't want so to. So how that. but like how I guess uh, that'd be up to the coach, but how do they decide who goes when and where? Is it based on the hills? Is it based on how flat it is? Is it who the lead guy is to help that you get along with them, or is it all that? I think it's like a, it's it's a it's a mix of it all. So I think the first thing would be is how's the course, how's the parkour. Then you how's the what the parkour parkour? How's isn't that like where, isn't that where you run around and jump off like stuff and flip around? <laughs> <laughs> oh that's 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 uh that's parkour yeah <laughs> you, yeah you j- jump off shit no 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 we don't do that okay uh, so like how's the race how's yeah. the terrain and then you say right which is our leader for the race and you kind of just build it back down for, from a pyramid right um, so i like but, what what's your talent is it hills is it flats what what do they why are you always going to australia the research team found you go there almost every year <laughs> Cause it's nicer weather over in Australia than it is in the UK in January. That's the first one. Um, but the, the race in Australia is kind of like the back end. No, like mid January. And I go out, I've been out a few times, take the family out, go out end of December. So you have two, three weeks before the race. So does train. your family get to come with you to places? How old are your kids? No. My kids are three and a half and one. So, but they, they don't get to, do much at all um they're pretty young to be yeah they're pretty young but also you know like you don't want to be this yeah you're working um, like with hockey they could come to come to the rink watch a game and see everything with them it's like you stand on the side of the road with a one-year-old and 20 guys go (laughs) no sorry (laughs) then that's it (laughs) yeah what's the point in that so it's a bit different but they don't come to many races at all no Okay, this just came up to me now because I'm thinking about you guys biking by. When you're doing the Tour de France then, everybody, you so you obviously start in one place and then you're biking wherever. So is it every night you're staying in a different hotel? Do you have yeah. to finish the race and then go get to your hotel? Yeah, so you, a lot of the time, but it's not like you start, you don't always start in the village or town that you finished the previous stage in. So it's a lot of time on the bus. 
So you can oh, wake up. Really? Yeah, you can like wake up and have up to like two hours. And then get on the bike, drive there, get on the bike, and then go to the next place. And then, yeah, ride 200K, get to the finish, and you can have another. I thought it was one constant race. Like, you you would stop for the day and then you'd start in the same spot and go again. Well, that would make sense, right? But, right. Like I said, it's, uh, it depends which villages have like paid and it all comes down to financials. And, right, Mm -hmm. we've got to go here because that's where the money is. And I think, yeah, we can spend, like, we, we can leave the hotel at eight o'clock in the morning and be back eight, nine o'clock at night. And during that time, you've raced your bike for five hours and the rest of the time, like, meeting before the race, sign on, do the race, warm down after two hours on the bus. So it's a lot, a lot of time on the bus. Oh, you're, oh. But it's, good, good, thing you're, good thing your gooch is leather. <laughs> yeah right but the bus is actually a fun part get the music cranked and it's good well yeah the bus is always the best um okay here's a random one for you then because you keep going to australia both guys have played hockey there have ate kangaroo have you i have you've ate kangaroo too you sick fuck eh? (laughs) tried it I haven't. No, I can't even. I don't know. I've I've never even seen one in real life, really, unless I went to a zoo. But like, I don't know. They don't until you tried it, man. Really, you liked it, eh? Yeah, it's good. I I had um, would it be an alligator or crocodile? I think you can eat either, but probably alligator, right? Alligator. Okay, I ate that as well. Yeah, you got to try these things, no? Well, you got to try everything once. Like, if someone offered me a piece of kangaroo, I would try it. There's no doubt. But, like, when I see them jumping around, they seem like such nice little guys. But I guess they're not that nice in the real world, right? They're, like, overpopulated and they, they eat fight. them. Yeah, but if you see a, if you see a lamb walking through a field, you go, ah, oh, it's a cute lamb, but you still... I'd still, still eat a lamb, lamb yeah. Oh, yeah, I sure would. Put that right in a kebab. <laughs> a hot sauce lovely oh well tzatziki (laughs) a little sriracha okay anyways i'm sorry i just got sidetracked um what about oman and qatar and like united arab emirates it's different culture when you go over there eh that is very very different culture yeah you guys don't uh, isn't there like some places where you're not even allowed to like drink at all yeah well over there the only places you're allowed to drink is um hotels most mostly just hotels so you if you i don't think i don't think i'd fit in (laughs) yeah it's a strange place you you can't go to uh you can't go to most supermarkets and just buy alcohol you can't do it actually i was in uae uh two weeks ago so are you the guy traveling all over the world listening to my podcast that makes it me feel like everybody's listening all over the world but it's actually just you (laughs) (laughs) because i have united arab emirates to quite a few of them have you listened to some that's great because when i see all these countries pop up maybe it's just you (laughs) did you was it uae like two weeks ago uh, I think I was already there, but I don't know. I, but yeah, it's weird, right? I see where all, where people are listening. I'm like, oh. Makes sense, though, now that there's people like you traveling around the world listening. <laughs> so uh, thanks for tuning yeah. in. And I'll check. I want to check yours out. What did you say it was called again? It's called What's Occurring. And that's a cycling one with you and Drain. Yeah, but we kind of, it's pretty relaxed. It's like what we're doing now. We get different people on. 
Sometimes we do it just me and him. It's pretty chilled. We never cut or edit anything. We just kind of roll with it. I understand that no cutting it or anything. I don't even know what you do. I don't even know how you do it. I don't, no. I don't bother. I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> Keep it rough and send it out and hope for the best. Um, so you've been on the same team the whole time. So that, it says Enios, but I thought your team Sky. So from 2012 to 2018, 19, I can't quite remember. It was Team Sky. And then we got taken over by a new sponsor, which is... Uh, and now, so you still have the same boss, same GM. He that's just it's like it's calling it a different team. Yeah. yeah, it's the same everything, just a different sponsor. And now it's Team Ineos Grenadiers, which Ineos and Grenadiers is, is two different companies, but it's owned by the same guy. So it's everything's the same. It's just uh, money's coming from a different guy's pocket. I gotcha. So do cycling fans have to pay a ticket to stand by the road, or like, how does that nope. work? No, nope, that's where. That's where the sport... so it's only sponsorship money then. There's no fan money, exactly, and that's where that's where the sport struggles in a lot of sense is that there's no income from from anything but sponsors from anywhere. So it's it's sponsors, and you get a bit through the the TV rights because you're riding all day and there's cameras, so you get a bit of money through that. But you know, there's no promotion relegation money. There's so it's pretty much all sponsors, and it's got yeah. to come from someone. Yeah, somebody's got the pockets. Cycling and yeah, I mean, there's it's proven that there's, you know, in terms of money, for every euro you put into a sports team, it's proven that cycling is actually good bang for your buck. It's mm-hmm. on a lot of TV channels. It's got a lot of airtime. Like you look at the Tour de France, it's 21 days. Every stage is live, start to finish, across lots of channels. Versus what you pay for a Premiership football team, you'd get a logo this big. So it's proven to be a good return, but um, yeah, just someone purely to back a. Well, back a, you know what? I have no idea how many people listen to this episode, but I'm going to give a shout out to Keep Cobb Couriers because they're part of the Shed family and they deliver, they pick up a package to be sent wherever in Europe or the UK within 60 minutes. And he's a devil's fan. So anyways, I'm going to give them a shout out because they're doing that all over the place. They're running a hell of a business. And it sounds like in the bicycling world or the cycling world, you guys have a lot of shit to move around and folks just look up, keep calm couriers because they could probably help get your bicycles, waters, whatever you need to get to the next stage. Keep calm couriers folks. Right. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> oh, plugged. <laughs> Ad read. <laughs> All right. no, they didn't even ask me to do that. That one's on the house, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, I am open to having sponsors in the shed. Um, if people do want to and like want to pay me money to drink beers with my friends, you can, right? You know, if you want to. It's up to you guys. Okay. What's it like cycling in Norway? That's got to be hilly. Beautiful. That is, I'd say... They're not even called hills. They're called like fjords, right? (laughs) No, 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 no. Fjords are (laughs) islands. Oh, really? I thought those were big hills. Yeah. The IT IT team made another mistake there. Um, That's not the IT team. That's just me not being smart. (laughs) Well, hang on. I think I'm getting this right. One of us is wrong. I think think you're wrong. I think a fjord's a big mountain, right? I think a fjord is islands. 
because that uh, we're gonna hit the internet later. Loads of different islands. I feel a bet coming on here. I think I'm right. Mm, it'd be easy to solve, but I'm not getting out of the pocket. I'm not checking out the internet right now. We'll figure that out later. But Norway's hilly, right? <laughs> Norway's hilly, but it's it's fjordy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of islands. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. 50-50. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I don't know. No, Norway's beautiful. And it's uh it's like it's quite a lot like um yeah, I don't know what it's like, but it's uh it's just clean, nice, nice people, beautiful, picturesque, cold, mm-hmm. very cold. But yeah. uh, I never made it there, but it looks very nice, and the people seem very nice when I played against Norwegian team, they seem nice. Norway's expensive, right? I've heard that big yeah. bucks. Big yeah. bucks. So is Switzerland bad. too, though. Yeah. Sw- yes. You, and you said about UAE. That's expensive as well. Is it? Yeah. I don't know anything about over there. Do you know, you must be- you must bike in a lot of different at like I don't know what the word is, um, but like weather, like climate, climate. Thank you. See, you do know no stuff. Way. You just don't know what a fjord is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, like you're going to the UAE, but then you're also going to Switzerland and then you're going to Norway, but then you're yeah, going yeah. to Australia and it's like, like, what's the hardest one you got to do? Did we already talk about that? I struggle more. I struggle more in the super hot than the, than the super cold. Like I've raced the hottest race I've done was, um, world championships in Qatar and it was 48 degrees. It oh, was, God. Really? it was terrible. And how far and, do you have to bike in that heat? Good God. Yeah. 250, 250K, something like that. Jesus, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even want to fart in that heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the coldest I've raced in is, you know, minus whatever, like two, three, four, five. And Are you I, wearing I, the I, same I, shit no matter what? Ah, a couple more layers. Stick the long johns on. But uh, yeah, we got pretty good stuff for both temperatures like the, the range of kit we got is yeah pretty diverse it gets pretty gets pretty kinky when you get 48 degrees and you try and wear like super thin stuff it's not pretty on the eye but... imagine exercising in 48 oh yeah it was terrible well you you had pretty you had there was guys passing out there was crashes because guys were passing out on the bike right because like i get light i get lightheaded trying to put my socks on <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, I sure couldn't do that. There is no way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that's why. Like, I guess when it comes down to where they want to send you, it's like, do you want to go to the UAE and bike in forty-eight, or do you want to like ride down from Milan, the coast of Italy, tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a long one, but it's a it's at least it's at least it's a decent temperature. But then the worst is when it's uh, the added danger element is obviously when it starts raining that's when it can get quite shit just uh especially if it's minus two or minus three like so you got to be doing it in snow yet too then sometimes no if it's snow they if it's snow they cancel but if but it's not rain no not rain no no it, it has to be like very extreme for them to cancel it and if it's snowing but not like really settling you know i've raced in the snow but as long as it's not properly settling on the floor uh the show goes on hmm. they don't like to cancel race trying to think um okay so the longest how is far have you biked in one day i know tomorrow's 300k and that's the longest race but 
if I know sports, you usually practice as hard as you play. So I bet you, you biked over 300 K on a practice day. Am I right? Yeah. On very few occasions. I think the longest, so that'll be about, to be honest, normally we do training in hours as opposed to distance. So the tomorrow will be seven hours and the most I've ever done is 12 hours, 12 hours biking straight. Yeah. 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 Your legs keep moving for 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that gooch keeps chafing for 12 hours. Oh, geez. The, oh, mine, <laughs> mine hurts just talking about it. Like, oh, that seat would sit right up in there. And man, there's no way around it. No, 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 no. It would have to get leathered. It would have, I feel like I was on the verge of being leathered and I gave it up totally. As soon as I moved home and they didn't make me do 90 minutes a day in the bike, I was like, I am not getting on a bike for a while. Okay. I I was in Gooch rehab. (laughs) I'm going to let you into a secret here. What you, you did 90 minutes on a static bike. That's work. it was terrible on the road bike or a mountain bike. moving there's movement there isn't there you're right. just stuck still you can't move you can't really shuffle your body everything's fixed at least just, if you're out on the road you're you moving shuffle. around yeah yeah you climb get out of the saddle there was only yeah. room in the sauna for one stationary bike and they took out like the bench. So nobody could have a sauna after practice or anything. It was just the bicycle in there. And it stayed there the whole season. And I, that was just for me. That was mine. It was oh, awful. You, you did the bike in the sauna. 90 minutes a day. Oh, they're fuckers, eh? It, well, it was one fucker. The same one that uh, made me come back early from my knee injury. Um, I partially torn my PCL. And then he said in front of the whole team, we'll have Wally back tonight unless he's a pussy. And I don't like being called that. So I was like, hey, I'll play anytime. I'll play through any injury. But I really shouldn't have. And then when the knee really went and then I got fat because I was depressed, he put me in the sauna on the bike 90 minutes a day. Said, if you want to play here next year, you're going to do everything I ask for the rest of the season. And that turned into 90 minutes of biking in the sauna a day. I didn't even have an iPhone in there. All I had was an iPod and I could play (laughs) solitaire on it. That was it. Fuck. I thought you were biking and doing the sauna, not no. biking in the sauna. Biking wow. in the sauna. And then I'd like some days when they're out for practice, I'd try and sneak out like after like 60 minutes. Physio guide sent me right back in. Oh, he snitched. Oh, yeah. He's a punk. <laughs> thought he was on my team. <laughs> She'll be, wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, I did lose a lot of weight <laughs> and they yeah, signed me for the next is. season. So I guess. It's like in pro sports, sometimes you just got to do what they say, right? Yeah, sometimes you got to suck it up, don't you? If it was easy, everyone would do it, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So how many times have you been in the Tour de France? Research team had conflicting reports. Seven? Seven. Yes. Seven. Thank you. Seven. The UK, Seven the UK team should really uh, update their website because they said three or something. Three. No, yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, seven. I I, I, and I I finished five, didn't finish one, and got disqualified in one. So I finished five. So what, what do you mean that you didn't finish? What happened? So on each day, there's a, uh, there's a time cut. You have to be in a percentage of the winner's time to start the next day. You can't take as long as you want, you know? 
and it was last year. So to complete the Tour de France, you have to do every stage because is there not guys that just do some stages? No, no. Each rider has to do every stage. And, and, and is that in every every tour? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And depending on how hard the day is, depends on what percentage it is. So if it's a flat day, it would be like you have to be within like 8% of the winner's time. If it's a mountain day, you might get like 15%. So the day, and the day I went out last year was... Um, yeah, real tough mountain stage. Suffered like a dog. It was super hot, and I missed the time cut by like two minutes. Yeah. yeah. So when you're you're obviously like shielding the guy and making it all easier for the pre Madonna, right? But um, <laughs> but like at what point in the race then? Because he has the best time of anybody. Because your guys are helping him. At what point do you guys like? Okay, buddy. Now it's your turn. You go get a better time than us. Pretty much. Well, this, do the coaches talk to you the whole time? Are they like, yeah, do this, do that? Yeah, pretty much. But to answer the question, how long do you do it for? And this is kind of why, kind of why I went out the time limit last year is you do it until you can't do it anymore. Right. And until you because it's like, harder for you guys because you guys are the ones blocking the wind and fighting. Yeah, through exactly. It. But then once you're done with that job, it could be a hundred K to the finish. So like oh. I give everything for him and then I pulled off and then I'm, I'm cooked. You're, done. You're cooked. And yeah. I get to the finish line within the, within the percentage. To keep going, to keep helping them the next day. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, you know, some guys will maybe pull off a bit earlier to make sure you've got a bit left in the tank, which is what because, I should have done. Uh, well, but, so then you got to learn what, how to do it. That yeah. Okay. What so to I, it then, eh? Sorry, there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the more you, yeah, the more you get into it, it's there's a lot of tactics and like any sport, the more you, the more you dig into it, the more it's like yeah, a big more layers you could say. <laughs> That's it. Layers. Who's the best cycler nowadays? Uh, who's a, the who's the Sidney Crosby of bicycling now? You think Sid's still the best? Well, I know he's still Sid though. Like he's just older yeah. now. Yeah, he's a weapon. He's a um, but I I I think that there's a lot of different hockey players in the world, and people say this guy's the best and that guy's the best. Do you not have to win to be the best? Do you not have to be a winner? Do you not have to help a team win to be the best? Yeah. yeah. Sidney Crosby's won everything. So I'm not gonna argue with you on hockey talk because I'm just gonna end up embarrassing myself. <laughs> I just stupid. I find it interesting that like some teams can get put out of the playoffs first round every year or not even make the playoffs. And they're like, well, that's the best player ever made. And I'm like, what do you mean? How? <laughs> but despite like Edmonton not doing very well, would you not still say that um, Conor McDavid's it, the best player in the world? If I was picking a team, I might take Leon Dreisaitl over him. Yeah, fair one. Yeah. So if anybody wants to keep arguing, that's fine. I don't care. Conor McDavid's that's, really that's good. German, uh, but like, who had... I'm pretty sure that Leon ha- plays more. He penalty kills. Um, like, is it not about who's most valuable to your team and winning the game, not how fancy you can play? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just learning here. I'm just asking the question. Oh, and everybody has a different opinion. And I'm sure I'm just going to get just everybody will be telling me I'm so wrong. If you're taking anybody in their prime, I would take cross because he's a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's how many Stanley Cups? Two. Right. Olympic gold. 
I think he won the world juniors probably, you know? Yeah. He's pretty good. Eh, I don't know. Everybody's got a different opinion. I don't know. It's, I don't think it's always about how fast you can skate and how many goals you can score. I think it's about winning the game and helping your team win the game. Full package. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a domestique. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned you, so much today. You learned what a fjord is? No, I didn't. I already knew you didn't. <laughs> can I? You're getting upset. I know. I don't want to get you upset. I'm sorry. I'm, let's move on. Let's not talk about fjords anymore. Are you looking it up? Stop it. Don't do it. Um, no, we can keep talking, but... Uh... I find very interesting, okay? Here's another note I have down is how many athletes come out of Wales? The rugby team has big dudes that can all run, hit. Like, they're athletes. They, they are high-end athletes. Then they got you. Durant, and you got that Gareth Bale. He's also from Cardiff too, right? Do you know what a crazy little uh, snippet here? Then, so Gareth Bale, Sam Warburton, who was uh, rugby guy, right? Yeah, rugby guy, captain of the Lions, and and Geraint, who are potentially like the three Welsh best sports people, all went to the same school. Really? Yeah, that's a small world, eh? Whitchurch High. That is a small world. And like, I just find it interesting that like the people in Cardiff I found were the nicest people going. I really hit it off with everybody there. And then like, I don't know, I cheer for Welsh people in sports, right? <laughs> Good man. Also, do you want some bad news? No. Found out what a fjord is. Don't say it. A fjord is a long, deep, narrow body of water that reaches far inland. Sounds like a mountain. (laughs) 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 What do we put on that? A ten? I don't don't know. I don't even. That doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when the internet's wrong. Uh, So you're God 200 days a year. When do you go home next? Uh, straight after this race, but only for two days. Uh, and it'll be and family time. See the kids and yeah, it's just back and forth. It, and then the, more towards the middle of the season is where I'll be away for like two, three weeks back for four or five days, go for two, three weeks. And it's, uh, it's pretty tough. It, more so with all due respect to my wife, but like with the kids, now my eldest is getting to the age where when he sees my suitcase being packed, he knows what it means. And he's like, uh, no. And he's trying to jump inside my suitcase. And it, it, it's gut-wrenching, you know? It, oh, for sure it would be. But like that, to your profession and that's what you do. And it's like, it's always been that way. But yeah, it would be tough. There's a lot of, a lot of jobs in the world. People have to be away from their families, right? The thing is, the, the way I kind of justify it is I'm away to... 200 days a year so i'm home 165 and for them 165 i can be with the kids like I'm oh, back from you're, you're right you're right in with yeah. The whole day. yeah yeah it was opposed to most people nine to five they get home they get their kids in the bath and then they're in bed and that's it that's yeah. all you saw them and it's like well yeah isn't spending a full day like doing the full deal better i agree but that's how i try and justify it and it's not forever Right. No, it's not. It's yeah. And they're going to be proud of dad. You know, they're going to grow up and be like, holy shit. The old man did all that. 
<laughs> you know, because I think you were the uh, what's it called here? Research team found it. I got to find it here. The Lantern Rouge, the Red Lantern. Does that mean you were the last finisher of the Tour de France that actually got to finish, though? Like the rest of them that don't make the time never finish, right? But you did. And this was the year uh, I broke my ribs. This was this, this was that year. Oh, so, it makes sense. So you gutted it through and you finished the whole Tour de France with broken ribs. Yeah. So, dude, you should be proud of that. That's that's just being a gamer. I love that shit. <laughs> I do. That's what makes me that gets my juices flowing is when teammates will just do anything and be like, I can do this. I'm not that hurt. Right. Yeah. Cr- crack on. And traditionally it was, um, you know, like the Tour de France is old, old race. So what they used to do is the last rider in the Tour de France would put a red lantern on the back of his bike (laughs) to show he was the last guy. So when the red lantern passed, you knew like the Tour de France was over. So it just kept on being a thing. And the last guy in the Tour de France now gets presented with a a red lantern, which I got at home. Oh, that's awesome. I think it's cool. I got drafted last overall to the OHL, last pick. Happy days. Yeah, pretty exciting. They didn't have a red lantern for it, but I didn't, it wasn't. You no, know <laughs> So, and then from that red, like a week after the Tour de France, I moved into my new house in Cardiff. And I was like, right, I need a, I need a bar in, in this. You know, Where do you live in Cardiff? Where are you about? Uh, Lisbane. I don't know what that means. North, North Cardiff. Thornhill, mm. that nation. Mm. Mm. I know, where Cardiff, I know where Cardiff Met is. I know where Cardiff Bay is. And I know where downtown is. Okay. The other end, up the top. Mm. Anyway, I got back from the Tour de France having just won the red uh, Lantern Rouge. By the way, and- I'm going to say this right now before you keep going, is I think it's really cool you came to my shed that I had a guy from the Tour de France in my shed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Jump right in there. <laughs> okay. Keep going. <laughs> Well, I, I said, I, right, I'm going to make this bar. And I said, right, what can I call it? So now this bar is called the Lantern Rouge, and it's like a full hockey bar. It's just full of hockey stuff. You'd love it. That's cool. It's like... Uh, this is in your house? Yeah, I mean, when I say bar, it's like a room, you know, but uh, I got some hockey jerseys up in there. I got hockey sticks. I've got hockey seats. I'm totally sending you a two ale something for your bar. Please do. It'll go uh, up. I'll send oh, you the picture. I'll oh gosh, you. I can't wait. I'm so sending you something. Will you? You? Yeah, I'll send you anything. Whatever you want. Okay. Right. Just, It'll go on the wall. All you gotta do is go to aleshockeytails.com, folks, and pick out what you want. Okay, and then I'll send it to you. Okay. All right. There's lots of clothes and stuff on there to buy, folks. So if you want to go to aleshockeytails.com, I'd really like you to buy raffle tickets, though, folks, for. Uh, Max and Maloney, you only got like a day left. And then uh, there's also the Elmira Shurikings jersey, which is where I played junior. And what we're doing there is we're raffling off that jersey to raise money for kids to get to play hockey because it's really, really, really expensive nowadays. And some people can't afford it, but their kids would be passionate about hockey and want to play. So we're helping with that, folks. So buy tickets for the Shurikings jersey too, even if you don't want it, right? Once we finish this part, that's what I'm going to do. Hey, thanks, man. And anybody else that listens to it, please buy tickets at aleshockeytails.com. And you get to pick out whatever you want, and I'll send it to you, okay? 
Deal. Thanks, thanks, thanks for making the time for me before you bicycle 300 kilometers tomorrow in Italy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, what else do I got? So, what is your season? Where's the off season? Because if you can go to Australia when it's winter and then bike when it's summer, when the hell do you take time off? The season is yeah, it's long. It starts January and it finishes. Uh, finishes mid-october so you so kind of have what? november off yeah you have, you have like the kind of the the second half of october and the start of november off so you have one month off and then you're in like pre-season camp in uh, in december so it's it's pretty much 11 months on one month off but you're never really off right you're always biking no that one month Actually, a lot of guys, they, they keep going in that one month, but I like to just completely yeah, switch you do. off. Yeah, you do. I put my bike in my garage. Yeah, you I do. I don't even want to see it. I love it. I left my equipment in Germany one year and the team found out. They were thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> that one month, I just need to completely reset. Like, yeah. Some- but you got to be excited. It's like being for hockey. I was always a hot starter of the season. And then you wouldn't really see me in the second half until playoffs because you got to be excited to play. I was always really excited at the start of the year and I would play my best hockey. And then every game just wasn't that exciting by the second half. And like, you got to be excited. That's why you take the summer off is to be excited again for the next year. Right. Back to what we said about finding the balance, isn't it? You got to be like, what works for you and what, yeah, I got to be hungry. Yeah, you do have to be hungry. It's the only way in any competitive sport, right? That's Usually it. whoever's the hungriest will do her. Okay. I'm trying to think what else I got. So I already asked all those questions. What's the worst food you go to? What country has the worst food? Italy has the best. What's the worst? For me, it was um, China. China. I didn't like Japan. It was amazing. Sushi. China was for me. It was too much. Like, Did I miss Japan on the countries you've been to? Shoot, I don't know. Japan, mm. China. Yeah. I've so what, what's Japan, China, but Chinese foods all right? Like it, at least in Canada, but maybe it's like in Italy. There's no actual meatballs. What's Chinese yeah, food like in China? Like I'll happily order a Chinese takeaway back home, and it'll be like sweet and sour balls, egg fried rice. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega. Wait on a hangover. Yeah, but. It was nothing like it when I went. It was really, yeah, some dodgy stuff. Like, like we had a, a chicken. We ordered some chicken, and they literally, it was like they they had this cooked chicken, and they just got a knife and just like, just cut it into slabs, but right through the bones, and it was just this like, oh, it was just terrible. I didn't like it. It doesn't sound good. Um... No. I don't think it was China, but there's the place ah, they like they get the egg and like it's like almost half grown in there. Right. And they'll like yeah. suck it back. Yeah, it's a bit too quirky for me. I mean, mm. I don't I, I'll happily eat my kangaroo, my alligator, but <laughs> I wasn't down for that Chinese. OK, so then uh, basically tomorrow you're going to wake up. And you're going to crush pasta. Then are you going to go back to bed after you've put yourself in a food coma? No, no, no. We'll have to, uh, 
we got a bit of a transfer in the morning. We're staying a bit out of town because it was better to do a ride here uh, today. So it'll get up, eat some pasta. We'll probably have like, not too far, 45 minutes on the bus. Get the, Have a meeting on the bus. Get the tunes cranking. And then, and then get it's out go of. time. Go time, yeah. So do you war? What do you do for warm ups in the bicycling world? Do you bike to warm up before three hundred kilometers or? No, because the race. No, in a shorter, more intense race, we'd like use like the static bike, not in a sauna, but just. Mm -hmm. uh, like you guys have better bodies than me, so you don't have to get the sauna. <laughs> yeah, we just ride like the static bike before a start, but for a race of, of that length, you can just kind of ease your way into it the first, the first few k okay um so who's the lead band tomorrow who are you blocking for i'm blocking for we've got two guys um uh, we got a polish guy michal kwiatowski who's uh michal kwiatowski yep <laughs> he's polish uh um, michal kwiatowski what's his nickname do you guys have nicknames in the cycling world yeah we call him killer <laughs> killer or I call him uh, Kawasaki because he's fast like a motorbike. There you go. <laughs> he's the guy who actually, he, he's won the race before. Oh. And no, I went out after this was, yeah. uh, after he won the race. So I'm well, it's interesting when you talk to people in the shed, because now I'm going to be into this race tomorrow. Probably I'll probably check to see how everything went. Right. So I got to figure know? out how Mia Kwiatkowski does. And who else? Who's the other Tom guy? Tom Pitcock. Pitcock. What? Tom, <laughs> you're making what? No, Tom Pidcock. 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 And Miha Kwiatkowski. Yeah, legit. Do you know what? If there's one race, <laughs> you know you said you're going to get, you might watch this race tomorrow. If there's one race, I would say watch it. It's Paris-Roubaix. Paris? Paris to Roubaix. And this is all over cobbles or just stick it in YouTube. Watch five minutes of it. That's the one race to watch of the whole year. It's yeah. epic. And why is that? Because, okay, so it's like 250K, but 50 kilometers of it is on cobblestones, on pave. And it is just absolute chaos. Crashes, punctures, full gas racing. It's, that's like the most epic. Really? Yeah. It's mid-April. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely try and check that out. That sounds really cool to watch. I, I, I like a little bit of chaos, right? I like a little bit of bumping and grinding. I think it'd be cool on the cobblestone. See you guys, you know? Yeah. Check that one out. That's my advice. All right. Okay. Um, I think I've asked most of my questions here because um, I was curious about the team dynamic, but like, so tomorrow there's two different guys. So is there one guy you're blocking for or are they both together and you got like kind of like the Canadian geese, you got the V around them, flying block v. them, right? The flying V. And then are those two beside each other and then they decide when they're going to go for it? So it'll be, because it's 300K, it'll be, you know, so-and-so will look after them for this period and when he's done, someone takes over and you kind of like shift it. Um, and then... What's really important is that them two, to go in with two leaders, like these two have to have cohesion. So when they get to the final of the race, they don't contradict each other. Right. And that's where 
That's where things can get iffy probably because it's it's kind of probably like in hockey where guys want to take care of themselves and do well themselves, right? And then it's like, well, what was actually best for the team? That's the only occasion where there could be like a bit of a ding dong within the team is if, Mm -hmm. because if you think of us five working for these two, we give everything for these two. And then if I get to the finish and I found out that that he's a wanker, you're like, why? I just helped you this whole race and now you're being a wanker. Yeah. Us five gave everything for you two and you two are fucking around. Right. So that's the only time that, but it doesn't really happen in our team. We're pretty organized. We've got good guys. If they're not good guys, they don't, they don't hang around, you know? And that's the same in hockey. It's the good guys hang around. Right. And the guys that aren't, it it doesn't take long to talk, ask around. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we got a good bunch of guys, so it shouldn't be a problem, but that's, but then there's the elite talents, right? It's the same in hockey. There's the elite talents that are just so good that they can still be a -a dingling, you know? Yeah. I mean, cream rises to the top, doesn't it? But I think, it's it's okay if you're a bit of a well it's not okay but you get away with it if you're a bit of a dick but still still winning but the right. second you start to go down in your career you'll be yeah you're out. exactly if, you know if someone's scoring 50 goals a year and they're a dick they're probably you know still have a nice well and i find one comparable in the hockey world i would say would be like a chris kunitz he was the first liner wins a bunch of stuff but then come the end of his career He's a good teammate, a good person. He can be on your fourth line with Chicago or whoever it was, and he wins another Stanley Cup. Was because or whoever he did, I don't even know, but he was a good teammate. And then you can play the fourth line, you can play the role player, but you can also be the star because you're just a good dude, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good dudes last the test of time, don't they? It's, I think it's uh, well put, thing. and uh. That's why I wanted to have you on my shed. And I just love people from Cardiff, Wales, apparently. And it's been really, really nice getting to know you today, sir. Ah, oh, thanks for I, having me. I don't know if you can tell, but I actually really taken a shine to you over the last while here. I really enjoyed this chat. So thank no, you. I, likewise, I enjoyed watching you uh, play on the ice and it's been good to get to know the man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 this is the most fun I have. I still like getting ready to do this with you. Like my heart still flutters before everyone, because I just love this shit. And I love getting to know about people's journeys, especially stuff I don't know about. Right. Like I didn't know, I don't know about cycling. Now I got a little bit of an idea. <laughs> and you're going to, and now I got to go online, buy a few tickets and see what merch I want. Aleshockeytails.com folks. We got merch stuff to buy, but also raffle tickets for Max and Melody and the sugar thangs to uh, raise money for friends of hockey that is to help pay for kids to play hockey that can't afford it. And I think it's really cool that all that's happening from coming out to my shed and chatting, right? Good on you. So yeah, pick out whatever you want. And I want to see a picture of it in your bar in Cardiff. Okay. Deal. Jobs are good. And this has been another episode of zero ales and hockey tales with Rosie and Wally. Maybe we'll go with that. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. 
Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band. I'm like Pete Southdowns and Zan. 